to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Hello, Barons. Welcome to another edition of Tenuous Links. Today, it's brought to you by Under Armour Golf. Great gear for all conditions out on the course. Look your best and perform even better with Under Armour's extensive apparel and golf shoes. Phil, welcome back. Damien, it is good to be here. Is it good or is it, it is. great? No, well, for now it's good, but we'll okay. see what you come Let's up with today. Let's see if we can get it to great, Phil. Yeah. I'm a little bit up and about this week. Give me your hate, Phil, because I have a feeling I know where this one could be going. Damien, this this is a really painful hate. Damien, I dislike pulling you up on your word, usement. Yes, incorrect word, but that's the point. Only to discover that there was nothing wrong with your choice of words, Damien, or the context with which you used it, Damien, in relation to your usement last week of the word braveness in the context of firefighters and people battling bushfires in Australia or, in fact, in any other context where the word braveness can be substituted for a word that I wouldn't Outstanding, Phil. Outstanding. God, that hurt. Yeah, so, it hurt. So, in, in essence, you hate me being right. In essence, I hate you. Ouch. Being right. <laughs> okay, Phil, very good. You got that Damien, that was, that was so painful. painful. You know what makes it more painful? What's that? Is that as soon as you used the word, I did a bit of a Google check. And you knew that I was right and you still couldn't do it. You're a stubborn man, Phil. And you know what I hate? I hate how long it takes for you to admit that you were wrong. <laughs> it would appear- Seven days is It a would appear, time. Damien, what could have taken 30 seconds took me seven days. Excellent. Well, this has actually got me thinking- a little challenge for you with each podcast uh, going forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Don't help you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you some some new words, Phil, and you're gonna have to use it in the sentence. Don't do it. So your word for the day is incongruent, and I would like you to use that. Now you're gonna you're gonna start googling here, aren't you, to find out what it means. <laughs> no, I don't need to. Yeah, you could, I don't you need to fine. Google it. Yeah, because you're a smart guy. I don't Phil. need to Google it. Excellent. <laughs> Look at you, you've got the phone out already. So I'm Phil, checking emails, Damien, because you're boring me. All right, there goes the hate. We're done with the hates. Let's see if you can sneak that in at some point. Let's get back to the real golf baron sort of stuff. Let's go. Thank you, love, Phil. Thank you, Damien. Show me some love. Damien, this is love, and it's the love of a well-hit chip shot, which for me is very rare, but I'm planning on it, making it less rare. But it's the joy of actually hitting a, a chip shot, be it a, a little... 10 yarder, but ideally for me, it's a chip shot hit with a, say, 52 degree wedge that you hit it and you know you've hit it well and it flies the right spot and then pulls up exactly where it should. It's not the strongest part of your game, is it? No, it it isn't. It's the part that I will, quite frankly, crap my dax over everything that I have to do around the greens, unless I'm really on. But every now and again, you just hit one that gives you hope that there might be another one coming. The fact that there isn't is another issue. The the hard thing for you is, because I've played a lot of golf with you and I can see technically- as you look up incongruent, I can see that technically you're pretty sound in all you make. It's all up. It's all above your shoulders. It's, it's got nothing to do with your technique. Well, not entirely. It's all upstairs that you get over a chip shot and you freak out. Do you know what I think it is, Damien? I think sometimes 
it is the the equipment that I'm using is incongruent oh. with the ability of which I've got to use it. <laughs> oh God! You can put the phone down now. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Thank you, doc. thank you, Google. A workman. Thank you, Siri. Uses, always blames his tools. Now oh, there you go. There you I go love on. Siri, but actually, that's a story for another time. But uh, that idea of of hitting just a shot perfectly that you know is a, a, not necessarily a tricky shot, but a, a touch shot. And so it's a little glimmers of hope, and this is why we love the game. Another reason that we love the game is there's little glimmers of hope along the way where, for example, if it was you, it would be hitting a flat drive yeah, up absolutely. the middle as opposed to ballooning it high when you've cost yourself 50 metres. For me, it's anything around the green that is not a putt. And even then, my good, putting's No, you're, you're a good putter. Don't give me that. You're uh, a good there's, there's a lot of dispute about that. You've claimed this the fact that I'm a good putter a number of times in podcasts, and I have had a number of people – point at me and say, that's complete crap. You can't putt. No, you just look like you can putt. It's all well there's that as well, but it's it's also it's all relative because you're a better putter than me. Yeah. So okay. as well, far as I'm concerned, you're yeah. you can putt. My foot's a better putter than you, don't yeah. you? No well, offense. That's Actually no it was designed to be offensive offensive because offenseful. Well here offenseful. we go. Oh, wow. oh. Yeah, we need to go down that track again. <laughs> oh well here we go. Anyway, Damien, let's move on to your loves because I don't need my loves. My love my love is not being afraid of bunkers. As silly as that sounds, I play. You know, you play with a lot of people, and when I when when people see a ball going to the bunker, a lot of the people that I've played with, they freak out. Oh no, the bunker, the sand. Whereas, as much as I'm not aiming to hit it into a bunker, into the sand, I'm, you know, you're aiming to hit it on the green. If I miss, I'm just not at all concerned. Like I'm really perfectly comfortable hitting out of bunkers. So I love that I'm not afraid of it the way a lot of other people are. And I think that approach probably echoes with your short game in general is we were talking about hitting shots off tight lies around right, the yeah, President's yeah, Cup and the fact oil, that, yeah. that a lot of people, including myself, fear contact, whereas you embrace it. And I think that there's a, a lot to be said about the mental approach of saying, I've got a chip over a bunker. Or for me, I've got to hit over water, whereby I'm less than comfortable in the lead up to it, knowing full well what the consequence could be as opposed to just dealing with the shot, whereas you embrace the very shots that I'm fearful of. You but, but I'd ask you there, would you rather hit a flop shot over a bunker to the green or just play it from the bunker? Gee, that, I tell you, that is, a, that is a great question. See, I think that should be a really easy question to answer. I'd rather probably pick it up and just take a loss and then move to the next top. <laughs> just wipe. Yeah, just a wipe. That's okay. <laughs> it's going to make it harder for me to achieve my goal of breaking 80 consistently, but I just won't play strike rounds. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. So I actually don't know what the answer would be. That, that is my challenge with the game of golf. I don't know what the answer would be. I don't know whether at the moment I would rather chip over a bunker or out of a bunker. I know the way my bunker plays at the moment is that I'd, I would be better chipping over the bunker than chipping out of a bunker. The reality is is that trying to get over the bunker, I'm going to be in the bunker, so I've got to, might as well get there in there. I think, but I think a lot of this is just, you know, just around practice. Like the more you're talking about your chip shot that you love or you love the feeling of a good chip, practice. You practice that and you'll be fine. And that might, that sort of leads us into game changes, I guess. Have you got anything? I know you mentioned something around practice. What was? Well, my, my thing around practice, and yeah, I do see your point. And I think windows are a concern, particularly with my game no, changer, which high. is about. If you're chipping, the windows are a bit high off the ground. Which is about so time poor. I'm not buying time poor as a reason for no, to no losing more. engagement in the game of golf anymore. And and therefore my game changer is embracing practice at home, and embracing the number of different things that you can do around the home that continues to keep your mind and body thinking golf and improving golf as you go. And it, it might be just putting on a bit of carpet using a delightful golf baron's gin coffee keep cup putting 
whole mug. How good mug. is that car? How good, is the, how good is that tumbler? Well, the sound of the ball going into it, it actually resembles holding a putt out on the course. And um, we'd like to say that's deliberate. Well, you mean the getting it in or the sound? No, the sound. Yeah, well, yeah, or, or both. Ideally, either we're deliberate. But even you know, whether it be hitting chip shots around the backyard, the number of training aids that exist, and I suppose this is really the the point: the number of practice aids and training aids that can continue to keep engaged with the game, either by flexibility or by you know putting devices or, or you know chipping nets, hitting nets in the backyard. You can take it to whatever level. You want, but there's a lot that you can use, or as simple as putting a golf ball onto a carpet and putting it at a cup. Yeah, not also training your swing. I mean, Kipper's got a lot of those sorts of things for home tips for home. You know, on a, the broomstick drill, for example, yeah, where you'd get you to, to work your weight transference into the right. You know, just just little things like that that can really improve your game. Yeah, I think you're onto something. Well, there's got to be something. We just can't continue to say because I didn't have time to play golf, therefore I lost. Interest in the yeah. game of golf. Well, you've already lost the interest in it if you can't find time to play it. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the point, and that's why I'm just not buying it anymore. Like, piss or get off the potty. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> game changer for you, Damien. Game changer for me is around tournaments. I wanted to just ban quiet plea signs. I'm sick of those things. Well, one, volunteers are getting harder to find. So. Yeah, but it's one, it obstructs your view for a lot of the people who play good oh. money to, to watch. You okay? Yeah, I'm a little bit upset by this <laughs> because. I think we need to get a bit of noise. We've got to stop being so sensitive around noise. Continual noise is actually quite good. You're sitting over, when we play, for example, we don't stop talking. I mean, we sort of do, but but it's not something that's going to affect our games by saying, oh, everyone, got to be quiet, got to be quiet. Everyone, no, but shh, it, shh, 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 shh. The, the quiet, you know, the geniuses are about. But there's a nice respect. Is there not, yeah, no, I understand the creative geniuses, but is there a nice, there's, there's an element of respect. So I don't disagree. And what would be interesting, in fact, as a, a golf follower would be to see what would happen if those signs no longer existed. Because I think what you'll see is that people won't necessarily make more noise. That's exactly where or I'm Or less going. noise. It's just yeah. give us some credit for being yeah. humans. And I think this is actually where it gets onto a bigger issue. It's just stop having to regulate my life and just trust that I know that I'm not going to yell out, you're a bloody cheat, Patrick yeah, Reid. I, <laughs> I was about to say, maybe maybe we need them back when Patrick's playing. That, that was a quote. Mind you, that wasn't my personal opinion. I mean, I, I think it was an unlucky, it was an unfortunate breach of camera, camera angles. <laughs> but yes, yeah, I mean, there's a point where we, we need to be, the fact we're humans will regulate us enough. The fact that we, we play golf and we understand the golf etiquette at the best of times, most people are not going to try and put anyone off. No, you. I mean, you would, but most people no, are not. You know that's rubbish, Phil. Yeah, we know it's it's mainly rubbish. Yeah, no, in fact, you wouldn't try and put them off during the shot. That's true. You would taunt them in the lead up and you would have a go at them post. We, we're but you would certainly never. We're sledges. Come on. We, no, like, you are. we like sledging. Well, I, I'm no good at it, so I don't like it. And there's only one way to learn. <laughs> but what I will say is that you have never, in any round of golf I've played with you, you have never done the noon and miss it. Miss it. <laughs> Which I'll give you credit for, but I think we I think we're better and better educated than needing yeah probably needing the signs up or otherwise. And if we do need them, so be it. Get on with it. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Gear effect, Phil. Have you got something something interesting to talk about this week in terms of products? So, Damien, well, not well, kind of in terms of products. It, one of the things you continue to harp on when it comes to particularly my short game is that I'm a mental case, and that's not trying to be offended to. People suffering oh, mental illness <laughs> otherwise. Dig up, stupid. But here is here is my gear effect, and that is working on your brain as opposed to your swing or buying gear or otherwise. And mm. and this came about because I started to read chipping. a book again. Yeah. That, 
What's that? Because you were chipping or your brain? I got fuzzy. The voices? I, I have, there are some voices. People I have feeling. some. There are, okay. So I have some issues. People feeling. There, no, no. Yes. But I have some issues. But the one thing that I've decided to work a little bit on as I quest, as my quest to consistently break 80, is to understand my frame of mind and without becoming a psycho and buying into all that mental game babble. But Zen Golf, there's a book called Zen Golf. And by, uh, by Joseph Perrin. Yeah, I've interviewed him. Uh, He's an interesting, really interesting guy. And we'll talk about name dropping later on. Yeah. But from a Zen Golf point of view, one of the great things about this book is it's not talking about the course management. It's not talking about these other things. Really, it's talking about breathing and being in the moment and understanding breath and controlling breath and so that you're not fearful, for example, for example before, of having to hit a shot over water or over a bunker or, or otherwise. It's actually just approaching it as a shot and being consistent. And so I've really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the read, The Inner Game of Golf. Yeah. That was one of my favourite by Timothy Galway. And then another book from Bob Bratella, which is Golf is Not a Game of Perfect. And the thing I most love about Golf is Not a Game of Perfect is the idea that you're allowed to actually miss fairways and you're allowed to miss greens and you shouldn't be so hard on yourself about it. There's some core concepts that I really like, but I think just spending some time, particularly from my point of view on around the Zen golf, and not that I'm trying to become a Buddhist monk, but the idea of actually just controlling breathing and these other things that are not swing related may well be the trigger for me starting to achieve some goals. So I'm going to work on the brain. Do you think we can overanalyze things though, Phil? Yes. Oh, I just you, did. You yeah, <laughs> I was going to say you don't you don't mind a, a philosophy or two. And that's if you think about that aspect, and if you like to dumb things down, then the inner game of golf is is your book, because back hit. I mean, you can't get a lot more simple than back hit. You know, to bring simplicity to the game. So there's lots of there's lots of notions, but we can buy all the equipment we want. We can buy new gear. We can, which is we love to do, and we love to use new product and all the rest of it. But the benefit of these is that you get control of these things, and they can actually help sleep. They can help a number of other things. Now you did just mention new products, Phil. Guess what my gear effect is for this week? No, oh, you're gonna. I know. Yes, go on, Damien. I got some new irons. Yes, you did, Damien. And they look magnificent. <laughs> yes, they do. And Damien. they are magnificent. <laughs> yeah. What? Go on, Damien. Yes, these Mizuno MP20s. I thought I'd spoil myself uh, leading into Christmas. I've due for a new set, Phil, and having tested those, which we did, and we loved them, I decided to go in and have a fitting at Mizuno and uh, get myself a new set of irons. I know, Damien. I was there, Damien. I know, but I'm just letting everyone know <laughs> because I'm pretty excited about them. They look magnificent. They arrived just after Christmas. I'm I'm absolutely gobsmacked at how beautiful these things are. They are. They are. Um, and we have described them as the best-looking golf club that potentially has ever been made. I've had MP4s in the past, and I loved them, and now I've got these, and they're just a little bit little bit cleaner. If what is possible. it, Damien? What is it you love about them, Damien? Um, what do I love about them? I don't, well, I love the look of them to start with, but the, the sound, which we test, the feel, sorry, not the sound, the feel of them, and that's that underlay, uh, copper underlay that we've At this point in time, times. you would throw in the underlay, underlay, wouldn't yes, you? I would, I would. <laughs> Arriba. They are, but they are brilliant, brilliant clubs. Um, I've had a hit with them. I really enjoy them. And I worked out what it is about blades that I love. I'm just going to bore you very quickly with this. For me, looking obviously looking at the clubs, they they look gorgeous. But when I have them set down – I don't focus on the club when I'm playing with blades. I think that's the whole point for me. It actually makes me look at the ball, the very thing I'm supposed to be hitting. Because there's nothing there. Because they're so small Mm. and compact that there is nothing that can possibly distract you. But there's no bells or whistles or anything else. And there is simplicity. There is 
there is perfection in the simplicity. That's exactly where I feel about it. So, And again, think of a, a pool table. You've got a cue. You're not looking at the cue. You're looking at the ball, the cue ball, and then the you know, whatever ball you're lining up. But the, your vision or your eyes are set on the very thing that your target, I guess, and the target is the golf ball. So, yeah, that's that for me. That's I've worked finally worked out why it is I love blades, and the answer is I am very easily distracted. <laughs> Did you take my advice and get that um, HMB long iron, Damien? In the end, I didn't take your advice at all, Phil. No, I took Simon's advice. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably the, the that would make fitter. more sense. <laughs> <laughs> The club fitter did uh, did echo a similar thing to you that I needed have the H. I didn't want to. I'll be honest. I didn't want to have it. I wanted a full set of the blade blades, but no, I did go down that track and I haven't actually hit that out on course. I've had a had a bit of a warm up with it and I quite like it, but I haven't haven't used it in competition, so to speak. But if it starts, if success of any club start with the look, you're in pretty good hands. I, I'm couldn't be happier. Could not be happier. That's a, a gear effect for me. For this yeah, week. I'm a bit jealous. Now, this leads us into Baron's behaviour, Phil, and I'm going to stay on the topic of my new clubs. What kind of shafts do you have? Or more to the point, what is what colour are your shafts? Well, they're silver. Like a lot of shafts, like every day. Most, a lot of people would do that. Well, what would a Baron do? A Baron- Would have silver shafts. Would have something slightly classier, Phil. No, they'd have silver. No, something, cl- something classier. Like black shafts. No, I just surveyed the barons and we would have silver, Damien, but you would have. I've had a talk with myself and you're out of the group. No, <laughs> the black shafts look you unbelievably sexy. Now, unbelievably sexy. But Simon and did make classy. a comment, Damien, at the time when, because the black shaft is also available in what colour, Damien? It's also available in silver. Right. And what was it that Simon said when he suggested to you I believe he said that he had the black ones no, himself. No, that's not what he said well, he first. <laughs> he did say, sorry, what was the first thing he said about I, the I black shaft, Damien? I can't remember. Would you like me to remind everybody? No, I don't think you need to. I think he said something along the lines of, they come in black, which will be perfect for someone with an ego the size of yours. Well, I think you might be paraphrasing kind of correctly there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. The old paraphrasing quote. <laughs> uh, needless to say. It didn't stop it, it, there, though, did it? Well, no, no, there was, well, there was one other thing which I, I wasn't sure about, but I ended up going down the track of an interesting grip. Right. That what colour are my grips, Damien? I have no idea. I don't look at you, Phil. My grips are black. Oh, are okay. they? Yeah. Okay. And, and what colour would a baron have on their grips, Damien? Well, if you've got a black shaft, probably white, because you want to you get the yin and the yang in there, Phil. The who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, um, look, this is my attempt to bring a bit of harmony to the world. We want a bit of disharmony. We want to get the black and the white. We want to, we want to get them meeting together in a golf sense, just a bit like the, a bit like the uh, cookie in Seinfeld, the, the black and white cookie. The marble rye. <laughs> Let's just bring them together and create our own little bit of peace. Your contribution to society, Damon, it, just to it's paraphrase, great. is to match white yep. to rep grips with yep. the black dollar taper shafts. Yep. <laughs> wow, you are so. I'm not Gandhi. Reverse Baron. Yeah. You know, hey, can- you know what? I thought we've come this far. Let's have some fun with these clubs, and but- let's let's get a little bit of swagger to it. And I think now I'm going to look at them, and I'm going to laugh often at myself, and go, "Oh, you silly, you bit of a clown." And that's already got you in a good mood while you're playing playing a bit of golf. So, and if you were to design a set of clubs where swagger was one of the things that you liked, I mean, forgetting performance because the performance is, is we know the performance great, and the, the shafts are great, yeah. and the grips are great, but it, it was there was very much this a little glint in the eye that said it's swagger time. 
Yeah, let's have some fun. Yeah, and, and, and it was a bit of fun. And look, it was a great fitting too. It was good for me to actually just observe a full fitting yeah. with someone who knows as much. Yeah, as and, and a shout out to, to Simon. Simon, Simon Davey. Davey. He was, he's an absolute professional as much as he's very good at giving giving us, you know, that people to piss taking, I guess. Oh, is probably yeah. the, he's not afraid of having a, a comment, is he? A very clean way of saying it, but I couldn't. <laughs> he loves a piss take, especially of uh, you and I. Well, um, more of you. Because well, I well, did not I have the courage to hit a golf ball in front of him, and never have, and never will, because I just get, don't need that. The fact that I got off to uh, got off to the start with a shank was <laughs> was not was a, it just uh, one, not ideal. And he, he threw out the line, "Are you sure you want blades?" And I was like, "Stop it!" Anyway, he might have said that a few times. But they are pretty. They are pretty as anything. I'll give you credit. They are pretty as anything. Fitting was great. In fact, we did film the, yeah, the did fitting. So on that. YouTube, you'll mm-hmm. be able to see the comment. You'll be able to see um, that is verbatim. As opposed to paraphrasing, you'll be able to see exactly the the nature and the mood, but also the the depth that they go into detail with it from a fitting point of view. So, and I think the result and the outcome these are pretty as anything these golf clubs. So, that, so that's my barren behaviour, Phil. A little bit out there. What about you? Is there anything that you've any stories you've heard or, or anything that you've experienced uh, yourself that's really down the barren's behaviour? Um, it was a story that I've heard, Damien, and recently, and it was a lead in. And really about how your perception of someone or people who are in a position of importance or wealth or fame or maybe a combination of all of them, how they may or may not be in public. And it's nice to be surprised every now and again that people are just good people. So this is a little bit down the lines of, of don't meet your heroes when you hear people say that. Yeah, but some people just get given accreditation in the order of good blokes. And so the story I was told by was, let's just say, Am I allowed to use the word friend in 2020? Phil, you, you can. You can use friend. Okay. Friend of mine, John, John from Chicago. John. Chicago John. Chicago John. So Chicago John had been doing some work with Tom Lehman, open champion Tom Lehman. Yeah. And they'd been doing some work, but they were both heading back on a flight to the same part of the US. And so the first thing that could have happened is that Tom Lehman could have said, well, you know what, I'm Tom Lehman, I'll go and sit where I want. But immediately – reached out and said to John, mm-hmm. oh, we might as well sit together. We're going in the same direction. Yeah, no worries. On the flight or, or coming into land, they discussed where the next stop was in their journey and where John was heading was not greatly dissimilar to Mr. Lehman, but was far enough away. Mm-hmm. But the offer unprompted was, well, I'll drop you there, which is, again, behaviour that you wouldn't expect yeah. necessarily, but you're blown away when that when that happens out of just that genuine nature. But not only did he give him a lift, he had to wait for John's bags to arrive, which was 40 minutes. Now, normally people do crack the sads and jump in a cab or do whatever they need to do. So I went to get his car, waited the 40 minutes for John's bags to arrive, went and picked him up at the front like he would a valet from the terminal through John's clubs in the car and dropped him to the door of where he was staying, which just is classic baroness behaviour. It's, mm. it's people first rather than me. It's well, checking be, ego at the door. There'd and be plenty of other golfers who wouldn't have done that. I think there'd be a lot. I'd like to be surprised about how many would of people in that position. I think the reality is is that the vast majority would have just said, you know what, commercial arrangement, let's go our own separate ways. And it just is testament to the quality of the human being that that's what happened. And John's not a bad human himself. I don't want to pump him up too much. But it's nice that that these good things and good people exist. So my Baroness behaviour was a story from John in Chicago about Tom Lehman, who is 100% Baron. Good on you, Tom. You are a legend, absolute legend. Phil? I'm getting thirsty, and I see that you have something here for me this week. Damien, so you've been very, very good at keeping us- Hydrated? Uh, hydrated, thank Lubricated. you. You, you, were, you thought that I was going to be scrambling for a word, and I was, because I'm still disturbed by incongruent. 
But yes, I was given the task this week of arranging a golf tipple. And this one was inspired by, and it was inspired by your brief foray into two-piece golf balls. Oh, and God, your brief foray into, oh, yeah, no, I'm sure they help. I'm sure they'll help me off the tee. It was I'm very sure brief, help. wasn't it? Yeah, it was very brief. It was a one-round type brief. All of one round. But I think you found that the upside of the two-piece golf ball was not worth the downside of a lack of storytelling because of a lack of scoring. Very ordinary rocks. And, in fact, it, a number of points I think I've heard you describe the balls you were using as rocks mm-hmm. or as poor-quality rocks or – as maybe even shit rocks. So the wine, Damien, that I've chosen for us to drink today <laughs> is serious? a wine in that keeping, and it is called Schist Rock. Schist. And it is not schist. It is not a humorous wine. It's called that's Schist Rock. one of your better efforts, quite <laughs> frankly. In the, all the time I've known you, that's actually half decent. It's a Torsey Matthews Shiraz called Schist Rock out of the Barossa Valley oh, in South Barossa. Australia, and it's actually very nice. It's a, look, it's a good value. It, you know, we're not talking Grange, but it's a, a good value mm-hmm. wine. Good but more importantly – Damien, mm. and it's sitting there right in front of you, and I know you've already had a couple of sips. The schist rock is more just in keeping with, I suppose, the topical nature of your two-ball or two-piece golf ball versus performance, high-performance ball. And I think from now on and hopefully next time, Damien, I'll be able to look for a wine that maybe has urethane in its title or three-piece or something about high-performance, but I don't think we'll be going with schist rock. Uh, Good quality, but good value rocks from here. Something something for you, Phil. Just many chips or something. Many chips. Thank you. Thank you, Damien. But this is mine for now. So schist rock. Well done. Far better than the golf ball it represents. Good value. I do like the fact when I do a golf tipple, I get everything out and I make you these beautiful cocktails with several different ingredients and get you excited and and let you just just relax after a past Spangled Banner, yes. Drift away. Nice, some ambulance around, around you. But no, what do you do with me? You open up a bottle of something and you just pour it in. The I unscrew a cap and I tip it in and I say, there you go. At least it wasn't cask or I thought you were going to go. So if you want to see the label, you'll be able to see it on our Instagram page. But Schist Rock, Barossa, well Torsey Matthews, and actually not a bad drop to be completely yeah, frank. Yeah, it's actually so, okay. Yeah, it's not bad. Anyway, I think that'll be the last time I get golf tipples, but I just had to do it, Damien. No, well done. Well done now. Let's get on to some golf dreaming, Phil. Um, I know you had something you were pretty excited about this week. Well, look, it's just somewhere that I've aspired to play based on the imagery around it and the fact that – so golf courses in the centre of – effectively in the centre of the hustle and bustle are very, very rare. And as you know, I've got a bit of a soft spot for a place called St Andrews where the whole town revolves around it. But but ultimately, it's a township. It's not a city. My golf dreaming this week is a golf course where it looks like the city's in reach, as is one of the icons of that city, and that is Liberty National ah, in New Jersey. New Jersey. The golf course, the first time I saw it and the images on TV or online many years ago, it just struck me as what a magnificent place and location to have a golf course that really is within reach of the city and more to the point is within reach of the Statue of do Liberty. They, do they have the President's Cup there in 2017? Or 2017 the President's Cup. It? Was it Liberty National? Yeah. yeah, and Northern Trust yeah, they okay. played there yeah, as well. Right. So a beautiful championship golf course, but the fact that you can stand on and the nearest green to the Statue of Liberty is the 14th. It's about 800 metres, 780 metres away from the Statue of Liberty straight across the water with an uninterrupted view of it. And I just love the fact that one of the icons of of Mm. the world, of one of the great cities of the world, and I do, I love New York. I'm with you. I love New York. um, One of the truly great cities of the world, within arm's reach, and it really feels like you can almost reach out and touch it. Well, looks, I should say looks, because I haven't felt it, because I'm dreaming of going there, but I need to get there. And just in terms of, because I like Cliff Clavin and I like some useless facts, (laughs) six million cubic feet 
of sand and soil had to be transported onto that that site to be able to transform it from where to it was the into a golf course. Wow! Well, uh, and that's that the equivalent life? of that's the equivalent of two hundred trucks yeah, a day yeah. for two years. For two every day for two <laughs> years. There's the hammer. And so there's all these just magnificent little facts around it, and the wow. fact that it's history through World War Two. It was once a you know it was housed as a POW camp. It was owned by an oil company, and then and then finally turned into a golf course. So there's a lot of history around it, but it's just the iconography, the fact the Statue of Liberty is within reach, New York is within reach, oh, and it just looks wonderful, awesome. So that's where I'm going well, in my golf training. Well, so have you been to the Statue of Liberty? No, I haven't, no. Okay, well, it, I, when I was younger, um, I was I, about 10, we went over for a trip to New York, and um, I was lucky enough to actually go there, and you, you can climb up it. I don't know if you know this, but you can actually climb up it. And we did that and got right to the crown, which is where you where you sort of end up and you can look out and, and look out over New York and it's it's magnificent. But it gives you this – now when you see all these – you see it in movies or you see it in, you know, in a series or in photos or in any kind of coverage, you get this kind of uh, – what's the word? Surreal kind of feeling going, hey, I've been inside that looking out rather than looking at it from, yeah, from yeah. the outside in. And it's it's a real, really interesting, really strange feeling, a similar thing to the um, World Trade Center. Uh, I had photo, I've got a photo of that when I was young, um, standing out there looking out over it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a really strange feeling now when you look out there. Well, I want to get that feeling of looking at the Statue of Liberty from Liberty National yeah. Golf Course as opposed to looking down on Liberty National Golf Course I'd from Google. Either. I'd take either. It'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> That's right. Oh, brilliant. But that's my that's my golf dreaming, Damien. But surely you are dreaming of somewhere. Well, well I'm going to take you away from New York and over to Japan. I want to take you to a to a little golf course uh, you might have heard of called Koga. You heard of Koga? No, I haven't, but I'm looking forward to. Okay, interesting. Now, it's in a province or a oh, – I can't remember the name that they use for it, but a, a province called Fukuoka. You've got to be careful with the pronunciation of that these days. But it was uh, – it's really – Really beautiful course, quintessentially Japanese. And the reason I'm excited about it is, you'll never guess, I saw a photo of it and it's a pretty cool photo. You'll never guess who took it. I'm tipping it wasn't a drone photo, David. <laughs> no, it was, it was my, our old mate, David Scott. Oh, strikes again. Seriously? It's serious. I've got to show you. You haven't seen this photo. I'll, I'm going to send it to you if he lets me. Dave, I know you're listening. Massive tick on the, on the photos from Koga. It's a, they were really cool. And they make me want to go there. And the thing that I love most about it, and I think a lot of people will, is the Tsushima Strait views that you get looking out over the water there. Um, I think that's how they pronounce it. The pine trees that are along along the fairways, you know, you, you think of pine tree line fairways, you know, your Augustas and these sorts of things, sort of similar in a way, but Japanese style. So, for example, bonsai, you know, uh, little bonsai, bonsai yep. plants, yep. they look ancient. Well, these are big bonsais. Big bonsais. <laughs> I, I don't know their yeah. actual name. That's probably I probably offended somebody with that, but they are really they're, they're almost iconography. Iconography. I can't even speak. You Iconic speak. of of Japanese gardens and that sort of thing, and it, it's pretty inspiring stuff. That and the fact that you're in Japan eating Japanese food, which gets me very excited, enjoying some sake. The experience of a golf round in Japan is, by all reports, pretty special. I've never had the privilege of doing it, so that's why I'm dreaming about it. And I'd love to. I'd love for us to go over because I think we'd uh, we'd really just settle ourselves into the culture and enjoy every bit of it. Then I would be definitely the world's tallest short hitter in Japan. You'd be fairly tall in Japan. That's right. You'd I be might, in Japan. I'd Phil. have to sign on in Japan <laughs> just because I was that Gumby they walked past with a bad back. <laughs> 
So anyway, that's where I'm. That's where I'm dreaming about. Well, and- I'm very open. I'm very open to going to Japan to play golf. Excellent. We're very very to open. After and particularly after Guy, our interview or our podcast with Guy from City as well, and you mentioned Taheo mm-hmm. in Japan at the base of Mount Fuji. The imagery that you get would be it's pretty just special. amazing. So yeah, let's let's go there and play some golf. Yeah, and get a sponsor to. Take yes. us there so we, we can need to have a sponsor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or anyone with wings. We'll take anyone with wings. Oh, I love it. Now, Phil, that's a goal. We're going to do that. Speaking of goals, there's as clean a segue as you're going to get. I want an update on your goals from last week that we put out there. Well, I'm one week in, Damien. Yeah. And here's have what I can tell one? you after one week. Have you ticked one? Right. Well, of course I haven't. So in the last week, I can now walk. Almost. So that's it's still, no, a, bit, it's still well, a bit of a slant. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Well, I'm getting there with my my assistance from my golf doc duo guys. So I can walk. I've sure. discovered that I can get on at New South Wales because it's reciprocal with my golf club. Oh, yeah, because that was your place so you wanted to get to. Getting up, yes. So New South Wales, so I can get up. The stinger, I've got some bad news for me. Have you Have you stung one? For I've me? got some bad news for me is that in theory, oh, I don't have enough club it's been to take advantage <laughs> of being able to hit a stinger in the first place. So I'm probably better off sticking with a three wood or so I've either got to gain – well, some let's just say some miles per how, hour. How far off? I have to gain some miles. How many some? Come on, Phil. You're I have friends. to gain some. Share, Phil. Share. This yeah, is a, this well, is, this in is a theory, place. I'm about 10 short. 10 miles an hour. Yeah, in theory. I can. I in theory. Anyway, that. you're breaking up. I can't hear you. <laughs> um, Technology is not as good as it was. And you're long levers. You're, that doesn't make sense. Okay. And, and so, therefore, consistently breaking 80 is going to be on the back of, in my mind now, the stinger. And getting a short game, because the mental game I've got completely covered. So, but I haven't had a chance because walking apparently is required to be able to play golf. Walking and breathing without pain. At the yeah, moment, ideally, yeah, or getting in and out of a car to get to golf, or actually sleeping comfortably. Do I need to give you a chance here to reset your goals if you physically can't get that first goal <laughs> that you want to get because you you swing at seventy miles okay. an hour? You ready? Um, do you want to? Do you yeah, want to read? I do. I do. I'm, you want to change it? This is very nice of you. See, I'm, okay. I'm a lover. So I'd like to have a substitution, please, Daniel. Yes. Uh, yeah. Judges, please substitution. I've got my pen. Um, Stinger out. Stinger is out. I want like a. I like want a B. Yep. That a seventy-yard pitch Se- shot. Seventy-yard comes meter. in flat and checks up. I want. I want some specificity around this, Phil. Seventy-yard or meter? No, seventy yards. Yards. So how yeah. many meters? Well, less than that. Well, is it more than that, Damien? Is 70 yards more in metres, is it? What do you mean is 70 yards more in metres? Well, I would have thought it was about 63 metres, Damien, which is yeah, less than 70. that's the point I'm making, am I not? This is getting weird. Right, 70 yards. Thanks Let's move. for trying to bring me up on, on that, on top of incongruent. Just because of braveness, apparently, was a word that we're now allowed to Come throw around willy-nilly. So 70 yard. I need a 70 yard pitch shot. In fact, I need a lot of them. Every 10, in increments of 10. No, take the 70 yards. But 70 yards. But for the 70 yard pitch shot. Where I can hit that knockdown pitch shot that checks up on the second or third bounce. Perfect. And sits where? How far? A foot. How close? A couple of feet? One foot. Oh, I want to hole a few. I'd like, well, whereby I'm a 90% chance of holding the putt. And no, I'm not working on my putting. Tap in. That's quite specific. Dear Santa, I'm not afraid to ask. Stinger out, 70 yard in, 63 meter in. We're going to find out next week that 70 yards, yeah. you don't have enough swing speed but, to get you well, here and we're going to have to change that up again. Kipper will suggest to me that why don't you just try and make the green 
from 63 <laughs> metres as no. opposed to trying a type of shot. I I'm going to continue to pursue this. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh because I had my goals of, um, what was it, shooting 78, uh, yeah. playing at Brookwater and uh-huh. getting that low, boring drive. Oh, well, yeah. I haven't made any ground on those. So what, I can't. You haven't hit a ball in the last week. I haven't hit a ball. I've had a week off golf. I've had a week off golf. You've Not had a week off golf after complaining last week that, that you had two golf. weeks off golf. Yeah, it's it's all been – Phil, I'm going to get these goals, all right? There's 52 weeks in the year. You can't expect me to do it in a week. Rome wasn't built in a day, Phil. No, but they did start by moving a rock at they some stage. They did start on day two, though. Yeah, you are correct. So, <laughs> Damien, you were behind the eight ball. Anyway, Phil – I believe you have a history lesson to uh, wind it up for us this week. We're doing it. It's going to start with a little bit of name dropping. Oh, something you are very good at. Um, no, I'm trying to aspire to be Dion. Okay. Oh, no, he but, dropped some. some right. But the, So the topic of this, very, and it'll only be a very short history lesson, Damien, because they're your favourite kind, because no, you don't like long ones. sleeps, is about the caddy golfers. And the caddy golfers being the group of golfers that came out of Spain that cut their teeth carrying bags rather than playing golf. And- I was lucky enough to be at a dinner with your favourite man and our favourite baron, Miguel. I'm just going to butcher the pronunciation. Miguel Añal Jiménez. I love him. And so we're at dinner and he was telling the story about Manch. the caddy golfers and how effectively, you know, when you think about Seve Belasteros mm-hmm. and his brother Manny and Jiménez were the caddy golfers. So they cut their teeth carrying bags for people and every now and again they were lucky enough to maybe to be given a four iron. Or here's an old three iron or here's an old six iron and there's a ball, go play. But go and learn the game yourself, which helps create the flair or helps explain the flair and also the the movement and the less classical swings necessarily they have because it was about getting the job done. Similar to Lee Trevino, you know, in his upbringing is that, you know, give me me an iron bar and I'll learn to hit a golf ball with it, which which was the case. And he spoke about the caddy golfers being so sevy, himself and many, but really himself as the last of the caddy golfers, into being Jose Maria Alazabal, being the start of the, and he didn't use this term, a shame that I didn't remember the exact term, but the manufactured golfers. So those who were brought up that had a effectively career path and swing coaches provided to them and a whole pathway to development. But the connection that exists still between the caddy golfers and, and the next era or, or, or vintage of golfers and how connected they are. But this idea of the caddy golfers who, who got together, learnt their craft by being given a club, and here's a ball, go and caddy, you know, go away. But they weren't allowed to play golf on the golf course, or they weren't allowed to play when members were around. They were, had really restricted times, but they fell, fell in love with the game, and the game fell in love with them yeah. and this connection. And when you think about a couple of, of those, particularly with Seve and Jimenez, is absolutely fantastic. So, so, so kind of the reverse kipper. <laughs> <laughs> he, he played golf, wanted to play golf. And then you know, yeah. Gaddy. Oh, that tea's going to hate me. For that's, that. that's terrible. Although, interestingly enough, another friend of mine, Andrew Shuden, who's now cutting for Cam yeah, Davis on the US tour, you know, he made a re- had a reasonably successful playing career through through Korea and through mm-hmm. the US and otherwise, and has gone on to be a caddy because you can learn a hell of a lot. But yeah, the caddy golfers. So cut your teeth that way. The caddy golfers from Spain, as I say, very short history lesson, and probably one of the worst. But it was so it was inspiring to listen in, and inspiring to actually be in the presence of the great man, and even more so to be asked whether they could move me to a table outside because <laughs> of my questioning. Some of which was led by you, Damien, that regarding cigar his cigar variety. <laughs> were Cuban cigar questions that you didn't know what you were talking. Story about. for another time. Well, anyway, story for another time. So there's yeah. the caddy golfers. Loved it, mate. Well done. Good job by you. And that's Tenuous Links for this week. Special thanks to today's sponsor, Under Armour Golf, makers of some of the finest technical golf apparel you'll find on the planet. 
Be sure to sign up to get all things Golf Barons at baronslife.com. And Phil, well done again, sir. Your ability to speak knowledgeably about golf is incongruent with your ability to play it. (laughs) Thanks again. We will talk to you all next week. Thank you, Dave. Adios. (laughs) Good.